everyone. Welcome to Player vs. Plot, the podcast where we take video game stories seriously. I am Lindsay, and with me... We've got Sterling. We've got a special episode for you today, and Chris will do a little bit more of that. We have a special episode today because we're going to be talking about one of the games on the haunted PlayStation 1 demo disc, Sauna 2000, with none other than Mr. Amos Sari, the creator. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's our pleasure. We're happy to have you here. It's easy to be a host when it's virtual, I've found. Oh, yeah. It makes the cleanup a lot faster. I'm thankful <laughs> Mr. Sari is here because, I mean, we're looking at him on Zoom. He has a full beard now. He hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't left his apartment. He's living in a sauna right now. Appropriately enough. Yeah. I mean, it does appear like you're coming yeah. from your game directly. Except there's no beard. No, there's no action. There's no beard. beard. <laughs> I'm trying to express how hard this week has been. Yeah, long week. So you're coming off of, you want to just open with that a little bit? Well, it's been very, very hard work for the past six months on the whole Sauna thing. But yeah, uh, we passed 100% on Kickstarter for Sauna 2000. And now we are at 149%, which feels Whoa. completely unreal. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. And I think that Kickstarters usually go up a lot in the last 24 hours too. So the big mm. jump is still yet to come. Right. Which when is the last day for your Kickstarter? Uh, it's on 22nd or 23rd. I'm not sure. Okay. But so four days to go. That, like sprint to the finish. Sprint to the finish here. Finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, oh my God. Okay. Guys. Sprint to the finish. Like it's totally tangential, but I was, I was <laughs> scheduling a dental appointment and they were like, okay. how about July 22nd and I was like July 22nd 22nd why is that such an important day to me <laughs> what's happening on the 22nd I like asked my wife do I have something on the 22nd she's like yes now I day the kickstarter ends mm -hmm. so I mean that said the kickstarter is for like the full version of the game we got a little taste of in the haunted demo disc right yeah and now uh, I've been also putting work in redoing all the plants because I want to have everything super interactable so yesterday I was pretty much replanting of Mulvey Adderby. I think I saw your thing where the trees now react to the weather yeah, or something like that. Wow. Yeah. And uh, there's going to be rain and different seasons. And then they're also going to be interactable with fire. So that's something. That's, that's how you get me in a game. By the Just end of development, fire. it will now be a PS2 game. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm aiming, aiming to keep the... Uh, visuals of it like very low res, but I want the technical side to be somewhat current. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you want to give us a quick background about yourself? I mean, I know you liked the Finnish joke. So do you want to <laughs> kind of give everyone an idea of maybe where you're from, where you're at now? Uh, so I'm a indie game dev from, from Finland. I've been working in uh, visual effects for over 10 years, I would say, and then other film stuff. And now in the previous Five years I've been getting into game development, and now I've been living for a year in Tokyo. In like the least exciting year ever to be living in Tokyo, unfortunately. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but maybe that's helpful for getting work done. Um, I don't know. Well, <laughs> the situation has pretty much only helped me in a way, which is really weird to say. But it's like it, it, people people need entertainment right now, and I'm, I'm like... I would have been sitting at home anyways, but like, hey, now I have an audience, which is super weird. <laughs> I mean, I played Sauna 2000 during the quarantine and I was thinking, man, I sure I'm glad to be imagining sitting in a sauna right now. <laughs> there is a pastoral element to it, too, which I think people want right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I loved playing uh, the demo so far. It was really relaxing until it wasn't. Um, <laughs> and I was just really had a good time with it. It was really spooky. Hence the haunted place. Well, of course. Yeah. Hence the haunted name. But I just really loved everything you put in there and it really got me. So I just want to like say good job. You did. A re you, I'm really looking forward to the finished product. Thanks. I, I, I can't get over the word finished now. It's like <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so you mentioned that you had worked for 10 years in, in uh, game dev. Uh, five years in game dev. Five, five years. Five and mm. five. Oh, five in, in game dev. And then what was it? Five in uh, film? Mm, uh, for 10, uh, 10 years ago, I started to do VFX. 
Oh, okay. Mm. Can you tell me, like, is there any project you worked on before Sauna 2000 and you felt like you learned something that applied to, to this game? Yeah, definitely. I was working as a lead designer on a project that uh, I cannot disclose about, but that also teached me to keep my IPs close to me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so that, that has definitely, like, given a perspective how to go with this, because I, I want to stay in the and not to get too many people involved because mm. it easily gets overthrown into something that I don't want it to be. And I just want to keep my vision. But uh, game development side, I definitely, uh, during that time, I picked up a lot of tools that have been very helpful because I don't know, in game dev, there's this weird thing that there's a huge percentage of game devs who are like making their own tools and not using any external software which I find a bit absurd because there are so many good solutions for making your work smart. No need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. You mean like using like like middleware and stuff? Yeah, middleware and Unity. Like uh, at, at the mo moment, I'm using uh, a lot of like uh, Ludix tools for like that I don't need to code essentially everything. And then like middleware for the UI of Unity itself. So because Unity gets a really cluttered at times mm. so i've been trying to optimize how i work and I i'm really liking it i i feel like if i went back to normal version of unity i would be pretty pretty lost <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so what kind of inspired you to make that transition to the developer side of things did you have any like major inspirations too where you're like oh if that guy can do it i can do it too uh it was pretty much the endless hours of rendering which <laughs> I, I feel like they've sucked half of my life out of me it's like hey uh, you can do something in minutes and then you wait for hours for it to come out of the computer but with oh, wow. oh like when you're doing your vfx stuff. yeah but with video games it's like you do the thing and then it plays back faster and it's like wow yeah. Hey, I, I can create. <laughs> it's like I can create worlds with this. <laughs> it's a completely yeah. diff different experience because with movies it, and also I and nowadays I feel like games are just superior medium in storytelling because you can actually create a world and it doesn't take too much effort like movies because movies have to be photo real or yeah. Well, I don't know. I have this weird that I don't really care for making animations too much. So I've, I've been always trying to go for the photo reel. But video games, they are a whole whole different medium and they just support what you put. Like, it doesn't even matter what it is. And I, I really like the freedom of the medium. I, that's, that's awesome. Um, what are some of the inspirations that you have for getting you into developing like games like Sauna 2000? What kind of video games, what kind of movies, anything like that, which gave you the inspiration to create the story for this, this game? Like your video game mood board. To begin with, I, I, I think I wouldn't be speaking English so well without Hideo Kojima. Like seriously. <laughs> Metal Gear was first one of the first video games that I played on PlayStation. Of course, I had an 8-bit NES, but like... I was still six years old when I got Metal Gear Solid and I didn't even speak the language. They didn't even teach it to that year old. I I speak that language and played it for the first time as an adult and I still don't know if I understood what was happening in that plot. <laughs> like, that is but, a lot. But, <laughs> but, but technically, you have been working on that episode for a long time. Yeah, it's, and it's all just mapping it out for me. But I really don't understand even, because I didn't talk the language, but I played through the game with all the gimmicks like, hey, look at the back of the CD-ROM. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, swapping the controller and the Psycho Mantis and I'm like completely puzzled how it's possible that I played it through without understanding what's going on. Yeah. And, and then I just kept repeating the game. And then eventually it was like, hey, I understand this. <laughs> I like to imagine you're like, I bet this would make more sense if I were better at English. And then you got better at English and you're like, Makes less that, sense was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was not the missing piece. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have many like big holes in MGS1. Maybe around MGS4 it gets a bit messy, but... That's true. It's when you throw all of them into the same pot that it's a lot to track. Yeah. But MGS5 is definitely a masterpiece and there's no flaws in it. Did you play most of your games in English as a kid? All of them. 
I mean, I imagine there weren't a lot of options back then. No, no, no. Localized Finnish translations. Maybe maybe Disney games like Bugs Life was in Finnish, which was super weird. (laughs) That's super weird. You're like, this is what they picked. I, yeah, remember Bugs Life. I remember Bugs Life on PlayStation. They've I got, got that Disney the grass money. level where you had to gather like berries and nuts. So not very far. But anyways, I just. <laughs> and that's <laughs> why he's a Kurosawa fan. <laughs> but but it was also that uh, I had this deal with my dad that he would buy me a new game if I can finish the previous one. So Metal Gear. <laughs> he's like, this. My, my son will be stuck on this forever. I've heard. Only the most confusing things about it. <laughs> yeah, and- that's a good deal to buy your kid like the most challenging games and be like, I mean, you can get a new one when you can beat it. That means his dad was definitely doing research. Like, how do I save money? I need to figure out. <laughs> I need the most bang for my buck. <laughs> he, he let me pick the games by myself, and uh, oh, nice. there, there was one game that he was willing to skip because, oh my god, who gives a seven-year-old who doesn't speak English Final Fantasy eight? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would that would be yeah. tough. Just got lost in the card game for a while. And... Oh man. Yeah, but it's a long game in but, any language. But then somewhere somewhere along the road, uh, I went to visit some friend, and they got, they had Silent Hill, and uh, mm-hmm. we pretty much played it through. And then I forgot about Silent Hill for a better time of the next ten years, I would say, and then. I ran into it again, and then I just had to buy all of the four original games. Which one's your favorite Silent Hill? I'm a weird one. I would say either three or four. Okay. All right. What's the go-to? Is one the usual answer? I've never played Silent Hill. I think two two might be the most popular. Mm, Is that the one? All I know is that there's a Sheeb controlling everything at the end. That's more than one of them. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) A Shiba Inu, the dog. Yeah. Uh, I don't suppose you ever played Shattered Memories. I'm a purist. I'm sorry. Yeah. Literally <laughs> no, I just, sorry. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering because like some of the, I know some of the games on the demo disc besides Sauna 2000 remind me a little bit of playing that one. So then maybe it's a good time to touch on like what's the, what would you describe as the genre or the theme of Sauna 2000? Well, um, ultimate theme, I think I'm going to leave up to the player because not too much to comment on it, but uh, I think the uh, comedic sauna simulator slash horror game explains it pretty good. And then what do you think? So what do those genres mean to you? Like what is comedic in a video game? And like what is horror? How do you see those genre tropes? And then how do you see how they express themselves in a video game specifically? I think comedy and horror is a pretty fun intersection. In general. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it- because, uh, well, comedy and horror, technically, they have the same mechanics. It's like you have a setup and an expectation, and you have the opposite of that expectation. So it becomes a surprise, but it's either a laughter or a scream. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I, that makes so much sense, but I'd never thought about it. Like, yeah. That's why it, my favorite kinds of movies are comedies and horror movies. <laughs> yeah, and, and that this is why... Uh, is it Keegan or Peel? Which one is now doing horror movies? Can't remember. Uh, Jordan Peel. Jordan Peele. Yeah, yeah, Jordan yeah. Jordan Peel. And that's why he can do that. That's why it works. Oh my gosh, that makes it, so it's much the same sense. recipe. Yeah. yeah, it's like a little story happening over and over, where you're creating that little pattern. And I think mm. video games are unique because they play on player expectations almost more than a movie might, because mm. you're expecting the player to have some agency and to do things. And I think your expectations are more committed when you're like, yeah, I clicked that thing than yeah. if you're just sitting in a theater. That agency really lends itself to horror in video games. Just so when that expectation is subverted at for the punchline, mm. it really uh, hits you hard. <laughs> and for the comedy side, I'm, I'm trying to keep things as Monkey Island as possible. I, I just love those games. Oh, yeah. Monkey Island is yeah. one of Chris's I'm a, favorites. I'm a, I love Monkey Island. I actually <laughs> just replayed all of them recently. Guy w- Did you use a guide or you just touched um, I had to use a guide knowledge. for two. That makes sense. Two is really hard. That makes sense. A little <laughs> obtuse. I was surprised at how much I remembered of the first one. I think because the first one just makes sense. Like, you know, you for everyone, they're like, this is nonsense cartoon logic. And I'm like, finally, it's something. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe that's where you learned your logic. The red herring. <laughs> give the red herring to the to the troll. It makes sense. Uh, and the pulley chicken. Complete sense. Mm-hmm. 
Someone's classic. like, you need a helmet. I saw a pot back there. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know that's what? Now that I think about it, that's a pretty good roadmap to your brain. Yeah. If you follow it in reverse. Yeah. Um, if you if you were to plot what you do in Monkey Island in reverse and draw the lines, you would get a portrait of my face. We could make AI Chris <laughs> just based on the algorithms in Monkey Island. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad to hear that's one of your influences. And I'm really excited to see how that plays out. Yeah. Well, now I'm still kind of on the edge that am I going to have uh, branching storylines as for the conversations already or because well I kind of set up the system yesterday but I'm still on the edge <laughs> it sounds like a lot like branching storylines in general how would you even go about planning for those how do you think the balance is between having them different enough but like you're not spending your entire life creating essentially so five new games on that mm. note i don't think Lindsay. i don't think you saw the kickstarter page no but I the, the comparison he drew was with the stanley parable okay am i right in thinking that's going to be one of the influences yeah and uh, th- I'm, I'm basically going with this uh like interest based that what the player interacts with most because there's multiple like strands Oh my God, this is becoming a Hideo Kojima game. <laughs> <laughs> it's inevitable for any game. Like, like, time. like many branches to the storyline that have these like small closed in endings. But by unlocking those endings, you unlock more possibilities of endings. It, it kind of, it's Ooh. a bit of a Groundhog Day situation. Oh but, man, okay. you're speaking my language. That's <laughs> When you say it follows the player's interest, it almost sounds like you're saying if the player is picking at one thread, too much the endings that are unlocked from that will be further along those lines yeah exactly all right well and i don't mean to get too off of that question but can you just give us a quick elevator pitch of what the game is actually about before we get like too deep into the weeds yeah yeah. uh elevator pitch uh well technically the game is about you being a finnish man in the wilderness trying to have a nice week in sauna but there's a lot of trouble because someone has stolen all of your sauna equipment. So it, that's something to figure out. But there's also this weird entities in the, in the surrounding forests and uh, the town folks seem to know what's going on. But it's up to you if you want to figure out what, what scares lie behind these happy I don't, faces. I just want to have a nice day in the sauna. <laughs> I kind of like the idea <laughs> that you could just go home, but yeah. no, your character needs this sauna weekend. Yeah. Because life n- demands it. But he crashed his car, so that's kind of, he's oh. stuck at the cottage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so he's like, he, might as well hit the sauna. Yes, he's having the worst day. This guy day. copes with things the same way I do. <laughs> I'm like, everything's on fire. I guess it's time for a bubble bath. Because <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was supposed to go the cottage he had like beers and sausages ready he's just gonna have a sauna and then a moose jumps on his car his beers are broken his sausages are trashed his car is destroyed sausages. And, and okay real question how much how much of a threat do moose moose pose? are very no like are they are there's... they rampant in finland is this like the version of hitting a deer yeah there's, a, there's, there's a lot location there moose are like way more dangerous than deer yeah they're like th- a thousand kilos Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. They're enormous. They like they they will wreck things and I think they're a little territorial too. So oh you don't want to I I feel like I have to get this out of the way. How autobiographical is this game before we <laughs> get too deep into it? Uh I I've been in a moose accident, so. Oh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm glad you're okay. This is yeah. like a new thing to add to my list of fears. But but I I was a kid and then when the cops showed up because my mom was in a complete shock we were with my sister we were sitting in the back seat and mom was driving and then the moose just comes and it rolls over the car and my mom kept driving for like eight kilometers with no windshield and the roof and (laughs) she was just like in a shock and then the cops come and like uh they're like okay okay we're gonna take you home and the car is just full of moose hair and I, I didn't want to get out of the car because my Game Boy collar was somewhere in the back seat. <laughs> so so that's, I started you know that's, yeah, I started I started I started cursing at the policeman that my Game Boy is in the car. I'm not gonna go anywhere. <laughs> Did so, they find the game what happened to the Game Boy? <laughs> yeah, I got the Game Boy back. Okay. All you, right. I feel Happy like resolution. I saw you mention somewhere that you wanted a Game Boy in the game somewhere that you could play. It would be amazing. Yeah. 
because uh, there was this uh, lo-fi 1989 style cover of Sauna 2000's uh, the sa- Sauna on Sieluni Palaa song. I'm I'm still heavily considering because it would be super fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that touches on the nostalgic element of it too. Mm. Speaking of that, by the way, is the game supposed to be in the present or would it take place in the era of like your childhood? Well, it's Sauna 2000, so it probably happens 99 because all the big number games are released one year before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. That's definitely the aesthetic that I'm going for. And I, I feel like I need to ask, we know why Moose, we know why Game Boy, why Sauna? Uh, my childhood summers were always at a cottage, so it's, it's okay. a bit of an amalgamation of that, I think. Are there saunas at every cottage? This is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh every cottage we are doing it wrong in america so okay so there so that is like a key element of like doing this getaway in in this kind of secluded area is having a sauna like the one in in the game like uh, i i couldn't even imagine a cottage with no sauna like <laughs> oh this is I amazing feel i feel every like sauna, i feel like what cottage. happened here is amos is like yeah i just told you we went on vacation <laughs> of course there's a sauna <laughs> like it's just unsaid Okay. That's the best solution ever. See, that's like an interesting cultural window there. We need more saunas. Or maybe less, because what I gather from this game is that bad things happen when you try to start a sauna. No, this is just <laughs> a video game. Oh, and, and, right. and, it, and in the full version, actually, I would say that the sauna is the safest place. Really? Yeah. So does the sauna still play a really prevalent role throughout the full game then? I assume it's like extended... Yeah, and as far it, as its role as the setting, it's way more realistic in the sauna warming part as well. So it's not going to be like you throw the log in and flick a, flick a match and it's on. It, it's actually going to take effort. And if you can warm the sauna in the game, then I'm positive that you can warm a finished sauna. <gasps> like this is for real just the tutorial. I'm just going to play this game until I'm confident enough. <laughs> To take a trip to Finland yes, and get a cabin, is, which comes with a sauna, this apparently. Is an educational yeah. game. Yeah, it's super educational. Yes. I'm really hoping that it's educational, not just in sauna treatment or preparing a but sauna, how to but clean how to up a dead moose. Well, no, not a dead moose. I'm saying like how to deal with like the untold horrors of the Finnish oh. wilderness. How to stop an axe murderer. You know, the I usual. don't know, but that sounds pretty cool. I don't know if there's going to be horror from the uh, Finnish wilderness. I don't know what it is, but I'm excited to find out what. Uh, actually, actually, we're also like lifting quite a bit from the Finnish folklore, which I think is going to be really nice to introduce people to because the Finnish folklore is a very mixed one because uh, we had the native Sami people first and then uh, people from Europe came up and then they had their own own like gods and myths. And then suddenly Christianity rolled in and started to push all of this in the corner. So it's like three, di- three different mythological systems on top of each other, which is Ooh, very interesting. I think. Mm. That's interesting. That's a lot like Trinidad. Yeah. That makes where sense. it's like the Chinese and the African and like the Indian, all like folk tales, all kind of combining and creating stories that are just unfamiliar to any of the the people before that. That's so cool. I feel like I'm going to have to read up on Finnish folklore after this. Oh, for sure. And uh, there's weird like uh, connection points to other folklore. Well, usually there are these archetypes, but like like in Japan, they got kappa, which is the water water frog thingy with the pool on the head. Uh, Okay, yeah, yeah. In in Finland, we have something very similar called nakki. And it's essentially the same thing that just pulls people in the in the rivers and lakes. Oh, but there's wow. there's also the twist of that that it can shape shift to what the person wants to see, and then they get drowned. So it's a, a oh, bit like, like a okay. siren, or yeah, yeah, a, a, yeah. A, a, bit, a bit of a siren thing there going on as well. I was just wondering, like with the Finnish folklore, is there anything that says you have to be done with the sauna before the sun sets? Or is that just something that's like just for, yeah. from your game? That's like a core element of the plot structure yeah. of this game. Or you know you what? Know. Yeah. Uh, you cannot expect the sun to go down because the game happens in midsummer. And in Finland, which is in the northern part of the world, the sun doesn't set during summer. Wow. Oh. <laughs> 
It's like Alaska situation. So does that mean in the demo, this is like a pre-summer sauna you're doing? Uh, the, the radio song in the in the demo is actually uh, like fall music. It's like about Whoa. autumn rain, the whole radio song in the background. So I think that would like happen after the main game, so to speak. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. So Sauna 2000 is a prequel. I like it. In, in sauna terms. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I love that. So thinking about things like, like the mechanics, and we talked a little bit about playing on player expectations. What made you choose like this style of gameplay, like the first person kind of moving through the world? I mean, and how do you think that lends itself to the story you're, you're putting together too? Mm, I think uh, most of the FPS is only for uh, the subjective horror. I want to the, the player to feel like they are Yasuka, essentially. So then they get the question that when it gets to more horror, is the stuff that Yasuka is actually seeing, is it even real? Like, what is the reality of the game? So I, I just want to uh, play with the like notions of reality and the levels of it, because you're playing a video game that's plain to be a PlayStation 1 game, which is it obviously is not anymore. But it's just, I think the subjectivity of like who is witnessing what is happening in the game is very important for the narrative. That makes sense, yeah. You mentioned a character, I think you said Viasca. Viasca. Mm. And is that the main character that you can Yeah, that, that's the main character. And uh, can you tell us, like, when we're playing the game, should we feel like Viasca is like a, an everyman, like an avatar kind of character? Or does he have his own personality going on? Because it kind of felt like in the demo, he had a little bit of his own thoughts to share. Yeah, he definitely has a personality. But now, uh, thinking for the branching conversation thing, I, I think the player gets to affect more of the outcome, like what Yasuka is saying. It's kind of funny. It's like the basic, basic average name because Yasuka is technically just like Jack. <laughs> oh, so he really is an everyman. I like that. Yeah. I think you mentioned to us before that he has like a certain dialect of Finnish that he speaks. Yeah, it's the Northern Ostrobothnia dialect, which is very, very funky. But but in Finnish, it, Finnish it's Pohjanma. So it's like Ooh. bottom land, which is kind of demonic as well. Wow, I'd have never thought of it. <laughs> so isn't it great when things just work out <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's cut that part out so everyone will assume it's intentional That's <laughs> so what do you think what assumptions should the player make based on that dialect then that accent mm, well also during 90s uh finland was in a huge recess so it would already be like that man is not having the easiest life to begin with mm. and with with a thick accent like that, if he lives nowhere near a big city. So it's like he's pretty chilled, laid back dude trying to just go by. How much different is this area from like the big cities? Hugely different. It's like very small towns with like maybe two shops in them. And what kind of area did you grow up in? More of a rural or like a big city kind of situation? Um, I'm from Bohemia myself, so it's pretty much about homage to my childhood, I would say. Except except the axe murderers. <laughs> I mean, hopefully. for now. So it Never feels like this, this is like, you know, other than that, hopefully other than the axe murderers, this is a very real slice of your life that you're kind of... Yeah, I would say so. That it very much echoes the childhood, like summer cottage and all those stuff. Even though in the, our regular cottage, we don't have to carry water, but I don't know how it ended up in the game. <laughs> but but I think it's from my grandma's and grandpa's cottage where their sauna has no water coming in. So I you, love that everyone has a sauna. Everyone has a sauna. This is blowing that. Lindsay's mind. I, guys, we got to get uh, on this level. You do realize that most people have a sauna at home? Oh, my God. I'm moving. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Lindsay, Lindsay is literally crying in tears right now. <laughs> <laughs> the lack of saunas in my life cannot be tolerated. <laughs> but I, I think we have like almost 50% of people have a, like by population for 50% of people that would be a private sauna. But like usually it's families living and they have a sauna. So it doesn't really matter. Okay. But I, I would 
think that there's over 2 million saunas in Finland. Easy. This is amazing. What's the population of Finland? One Five. Million. Okay, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like like yeah, like five. cheap to people in New Zealand or something. No, five million. But I, I think it would be very hard to have a real number for the amount of saunas because they're just. I'm everywhere. going to do a sauna inventory. <laughs> Whatever Sansas. gets me closest to the saunas. Yeah, and actually, uh, we just yesterday decided that because uh, we have multiple saunas in the game, of course, because you have a whole town, so. One of the saunas, at least, has to be this old smoke sauna that doesn't have an exhaust pipe. So once you're warming it, the whole room just fills with smoke. But the thing is that we're doing everything realistic. So that sauna, because it doesn't have an exhaust pipe at all, you have to warm it with the window open and the main door open and all the smoke just goes through the building. And it takes four hours to warm. (laughs) (laughs) That's so much planning. Is this going to be a real time? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> but it's completely optional if the player wants to do that or not. But it's uh, the neighbor's uh, Erkki has this Savu sauna. So I, 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 like yesterday we were talking with Nikke and it just came like, wh- why don't we have different kinds of saunas? Like it's like once you can warm one, you can warm on all. But like we want challenge. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes a whole lot of sense. That's I kind of cool. imagine the planning for this game. Like this, obviously, it can't happen now because you're in Tokyo and you're kind of you're you know mm. stuck indoors. But I really want to imagine that all of these conversations are happening in a sauna. <laughs> <laughs> You've got like a notebook that you're trying to keep <laughs> like, like as ink, dry as the possible. Ink is just melting. <laughs> off of the That's why you use a pencil in the sauna. It's just common sense. Would be would be very optimal. But actually, <laughs> uh, back in the day doing VFX stuff in Finland, many times the answer came in the sauna it's like the most relaxing mood you're it's it's almost meditative you're just sitting there and being like uh there's not a worry in the world and then it, it just comes like an arrow to your head like hey that's that's the answer i gotta get out now <laughs> wow it's like sweats out all the writers i feel block. like i i'm so glad now that i've like played this demo because i don't think i realized how culturally important saunas were oh i for sure a whole part i was just like cool it's a sauna like it's blowing my mind that it's as common as like just a bathroom so you mentioned, by the way, um, I'd hope there are more bathrooms than uh, people. I hope there are more in, in. <laughs> so you mentioned, by the way, that there is a town with multiple kinds of saunas and that there's branching dialogue. Does that mean that you'll be talking to townspeople yeah. in the game? And can you tell me a little bit about what you'd like to accomplish using the townspeople? Like, are you going to be pulling from people that you know or like maybe kinds of like if a Finnish person played this game and they talk to this townsperson, are you hoping that they might relate that to someone they might have known in their childhood? They, they probably will. And because of all, I, I think the archetypes of people that we're going to have in the game, I, I hope that they are very comedic for Finns because <laughs> it'll be like, oh, yeah, I know this grandma. This grandma is everywhere. <laughs> and like this specific kind of people. I love that. Like, this is my perception as an American is that it sounds like you you were like, let me I need to make a game about a sauna. And then in doing so, you inadvertently made a game about being finished (laughs) and about the quintessential like essence of that. Yeah, it's it's going to be quite the simulation. Like, I don't know. It just it was supposed to be very small. (laughs) And, And then I just fell in love with it while working at it. And then it just now I'm like trying to hold the limits so I can actually finish this in a year. Hopefully, a year is a short turnaround time. Yeah, it's a it's a very short time, but I think the way that I'm trying to limit now the flow of the game that most of the thing is relying on the uh, systemic design that everything is kind of a part of the same simulation, which also gives these possibilities for uh, the player to solve. Uh, the events in multiple different ways that oh sorry that's somebody at the door Uh, so the simulation side of the whole thing is that it it leaves everything kind of open-ended that it doesn't demand you to do things in certain order if you're able to find a thing that you need in some completely other way it's still legit you can use the item well, that's, that's that monkey island. Pretty cool. And it sounds, I know you said that you, you really loved making it. And I can tell from what I've played of the demo so far, it's just got so much 
passion and heart and just everything that I want out of a, out of at least a demo. Like I'm excited to see like the finished product. Um, I like that it left me with questions. Mm. There's like a setting shift and like a perspective shift. And I just want to know more about that. I wanted to know about the perspective shift. If that, if that had some kind of special significance. Mm, For the overall plot. Yes. Like I was saying about uh, how the subjective perspective of Yasuka is very important. And I will leave it at that. Okay. Okay. I love that. I'm all aboard when I, I almost a game that feel plays like, with no, I don't want to spoil anything like for I'm any hearing something about listeners. Like, I almost feel like I'm hearing something about an unreliable narrator almost. Ooh, I love Fight Club, so I'm in. <laughs> I, I love every Chuck Palahniuk novel, so I'm in. <laughs> um, so, Lindsay, you mentioned that, you know, you had a lot of questions at the end of the game. Yeah. Is there anything that you are hoping a player will feel by the time they finish your game? Mm. I would hope that they will reevaluate the whole experience and go back into it. Okay. So it's supposed to be like an iterative experience. Mm. It's supposed to feel different uh, each time. I'm a, I'm a big Lynch fan, so I got to keep it open. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So do you think then as players go through multiple playthroughs, they'll be able to kind of put puzzle pieces together and understand even more about the world? Hopefully, because then they could maybe get the real ending of the game. Ooh, secret ending. Secret endings. I feel like it's like we have to try to trick Amos into telling us things about the plot. (laughs) He doesn't want to spoil it. I'm like taking notes. I'm like, this is how I'll do it. (laughs) Not happening. (laughs) I will ask, is it, was it difficult moving from the demo, which is, you know, the demo has, it sounds like it has a few different endings. Me and Sterling kept getting the same one. But that makes sense. Um, yeah, because we're bad at saunas. But <laughs> is it? It's because I couldn't find the matches, Chris. And it's only recently <laughs> that I learned that you put them right outside of the door, which makes a lot of sense. Sauna. So in terms of like, you know, the craft of going into this, did you kind of start with like for the full game for like, you know, it has all mm. these branching endings. Did you start with kind of the beginning and the ultimate end in mind or did you take like a different path to plotting that out? Well, when I started to work on the full game, uh, I had the ultimate ending in mind and what I want to achieve with it and what it takes to get there. But then uh, actually the hardest part now has been to come up with the normal sauna one. <laughs> I see. The one that I want. <laughs> yeah. You just have a normal experience. Nothing happens. You learn nothing yeah, about yourself. You just have a good weekend. It's like, because it's, it's gone backwards from backwards to backwards. Because I started it by just wanting to do a sauna sim. And then it was like, hey, haunted PS1 thing is going on. So maybe I take part in that. And then I had the simulation part done. And it was like, oh, I got to come up with something horror. And it's like, well, okay, I like horror. So then I just put one week into doing the horror elements. And that's why it's just an axe murder. Oh, wow. <laughs> so the horror was really just because you were like, oh, this PlayStation demo disc is a good opportunity for me. And yeah. Like, get in on the I, horror. Aspect. See, that's so interesting to me because even if it's just a few things that like went in after, just the fact that I had to open your game from a horror demo disc just Mm. had me on edge from the beginning. Like there's like a genre expectation where everything is happy and cheery. Like the guy seems like he's enjoying his sauna day, but I feel like this dread. Right. It's so it's Mm. worst when it happens, when it's like that, because you just feel everything telling you, you need to relax. It's going to be relaxing. And in the back of your mind, you're like, Something's got to happen. Yeah, like something, it's, it's, something it's gonna, has to go gonna, it's gonna, In fairness, I spent the first like 15 minutes of gone home waiting for the axe murderer. So <laughs> like just, yeah, just anytime, politely waiting. Yeah. <laughs> just sitting on the couch. Anytime you put me in a calm setting and it's like, yeah, just do these mundane things. I'm like, oh, well, joke's on you. I'm not getting murdered today, game. <laughs> never finished gone home because she knocked on the door and no one answered. I just and politely she waited. Just, yeah. I really take my simulators seriously. Yeah, yeah, but uh, <laughs> then now it's been that the horror was so rooted into it. And, well, I'm a big horror gamer, and I've, I've been making horror before. So I, I now my approach has been more of thinking of the horror plot. And now 
the simulation part is still a huge chunk that I have to work. That's like the first thing when we start the full production now. After the money comes in, uh, it's it's going to be the simulation parts and then the interactions with the animals and the environment. And after that, I'm going to get into the plot. But yesterday we were uh, going through some plot plans with Nick and we got quite far in the happy-go-lucky sauna parts. It, it's getting really nice now. And uh, then we dipped little into some horror concepts that I've ha had in my head and we ended up having like one hour of chills with Nick, just like <laughs> every time it's like, and what if they do this? <laughs> it's like, and, and then we go to, has anybody even done this in a video game? No, I don't think so. This is fucking creepy. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. But, but it's like, it, it, it's so weird to like, uh, sad to say, but it feels like horror gaming and movies, they've gone really cheap, like in the mm -hmm. past 10 years. Because, awful to say, but I don't know why people think PT is so good. It's just the whole way. I mean, nothing happened to me when I played PT. You guys both watched me play. You're like, Lindsay's going to be so spooked. And I had the most boring, like, <laughs> nothing triggered for me. I was like, yeah, I'm just walking, looking at some mirrors. It's all right. I, I love it. But the horror of it is very cheap. It's like the jump scare of jump scares. Right. right. But, uh, and uh, I don't like jump scares, even though it's Kojima. But like, ah. It's weird how how so, how it's No, that's a good point that you I, I'm glad you bring that up because one of the most interesting choices I think you made in this game is I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say at some point in the demo an axe murderer does appear and comes up to you. Uh, unless I'm misremembering, Sterling turned around and was surprised by the axe murderer. I never saw the axe murderer because he got to me while my back was turned. Mm. So I thought that was kind of bold to just put that, like, kind of that object into the game acting on its own. And then every player's experience with that horror element is going to be different. The camera doesn't suddenly force you to look at it. Like, you don't get mm. jump scared like in PT where you turn around and see, like, your wife. Yeah, uh, I I made this little, like, additions at the end of the whole demo production. Like, I made the windows breakable and the car windows also. The demon can beat them into shit and uh, all that kind of little things that are rarely even seen. But I, I just want to have that kind of level of simulation for the final game that, wow. like, little things matter. Like, I think one of the most scary things <laughs> for most of the players in the final game is going to be branches. Literally, branches. Just like stepping on them. Yes, like any entity or animal or anything can step on a branch and it goes <laughs> like snap in the forest and it's like what yeah. what what's that oh that man that sense. sounds so cool and that like really builds into like not the jump scare thing because i think mm. hitchcock, alfred hitchcock once hitchcock. said that the the real su suspense it's, there is there is no fear in the bang there's fear in the anticipation of the bang mm. and that really you really like captured that really well in the demo and it sounds like the full product the full final version is gonna like really just like dig right into that feeling. Which, I mean, I'm always glad anyone brings up Hitchcock at any time. But speaking of Hitchcock, what would you say then are the good examples of horror in any medium? But I mean, you brought up movies and how the most past 10 years really leans into the jump scares or just like, I think graphic horror is prevalent now too. It's like, here, look at this thing that's uncomfortable to look at for a while. So what is your ideal iteration of horror? Hmm. Ooh, I'm so niche that I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> witch. <clears throat> love the witch. Thank yeah, the witch was witch was pretty good, I must say. Okay, but, uh, I have I think, to watch it. I think um, one of my favorite films is weirdly uh, Audition, which is this Japanese oh um, yeah horror film. But it's it's so bizarre that I don't know uh, what the horror of it even is. Kind of okay. I don't but, suppose uh, you've ever seen House. Yeah, yeah, I've. Uh, I was like, yeah, I've seen it. Medical drama. I love. Did you, you like House? <laughs> mm, I, I think so, but it's been so long time because uh, when I started to make my Silent Hill web series, then I pretty much binge watched all of Japanese horror, like everything, and then I went to Korean because. But but then at the end of that whole thing, I ended up watching just Yasuhiro Ozu, who is a classical Japanese movie director. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
But so then do you think like Japanese horror is one of your biggest influences? Yeah, I would say so. Because personally, I'm not a big fan of American horror. And they even managed to kill the Japanese one with their influence. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I, I kind of want to take things back to this low creep. Because yeah. like cl- classics like R- Ringu are really effective in what they do. Are you a fan of um, Juon? Mm. I, I still think the original Ring movies are better than Grudge. The Grudge okay. kind of goes to clown zone for me. <laughs> I've never seen oh, the yeah, original. there's a lot of them. I've seen the American Ring, but I haven't seen the Japanese Ju- one. The, the American one did not do it for me. It's like a whole series, and they do get a little bit more, how do I put it, like high energy as it goes mm. on. But the original Juan is a lot of like a lady being in the foreground and a creepy kid. Oh, doing okay. something in the background. It's very. I think so everyone should like just. They got more high energy. Is that like how Fast and Furious got more and more furious <laughs> and fast? <laughs> like the kids, like first the kids on the ground, then he's on the ceiling. So you seen Eraserhead? I have not. It's been a long time for me. Is it good? Should I see it? It's Lynch's first like movie, oh, and okay. I still think it's one of his best. Like even Mulholland Drive. I don't know. I'd rather got like just watch Eraserhead. It's just so bizarre and so unique. Okay. And I, I want to create something that is in the mood zone of that you just can't decipher it fully, but there is a meaning behind it all. Like, oh, I just love it. <laughs> I'm so that, Would you say that's like a good touchstone for getting kind of the vibe? Yeah, the vibe. Mm. Well, for me, it's still, I, I really like the punchiness of like things. So, I don't know. Maybe it's because when I was a kid and Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> the for, first two movies that I like remember from my life are uh, Jurassic Park and Terminator 2. So it's like very combo, uh, combo. high level action movies with a lot of visual effects. So I think that's why I've been stuck in visual effects for 10 years and now, sadly, because I've been trying, like, trying to work in, like, film side, and I wanted to direct initially, and now suddenly I'm going to video games, and I kind of start feeling what Kojima is feeling, because he wanted to direct films as well. <laughs> I imagine you get the limitations are fewer in video games than film yeah. in some ways. I mean, if a film, you cannot escape how collaborative it is as a medium, mm. but in a video game... You know, everything can act exactly the way you need it to. Yeah. And now with technology, it's like I can even personally act the stuff at home with VR, do motion capture with VR set. And it's like, I don't I don't need anybody. I just need voice actors now. <laughs> it's yeah, crazy. That's awesome. Wow. That is cool. Are you going to have all uh, finished voice acting for, for the final product? Yeah. Yeah. And then we're going to translate it to multiple different languages with the text. I mean, what, all, what are all the languages going to be? Mm, well, I only well, I only speak English, so that's the only one that matters to me. <laughs> well, at the moment, we're thinking like uh, mid-Europe, like uh, Germany, France, and then Japan, of course, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and Spain, possibly. But like, nice. we will have to like see where it goes and what is the demand. Yeah, obviously. But then there is also a bit of a Kojima nudge that if there's characters that don't speak the language that Yasuka speaks then their subs are going to be in their language. Oh, yeah, I like, like that. that. Oh, yeah. Because cool. uh, it's about, again, it's about the, the subjective perspective of Yasuka. And uh, he doesn't understand what they're saying. But if the player does, then the situation might change. But I think it's going to be interesting for streamers. Definitely. I love that. That's super exciting. And yeah. I know that uh, a bunch of streamers that I personally follow were uh really excited about your game when they got to it on the haunted demo disc um they they were they were Mark pretty spooked <laughs> yeah but sorry but anyways uh back to the ps1 haunted demo disc were there any games on that disc that well, besides yours what was your favorite <laughs> mm, uh out to the moon is really flashy and i like the visuals of it but uh, Fatim Pachula, well, I've been kind of collabing with Bryce as in I made the trailer for his uh, release. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was also my handiwork there. And I, I just like the setting and, and the whole entropy part of the plot. Mm. Mm. 
a Dread Delusion looks really nice, but I haven't had any time to, to actually take and play it. That was the first one I clicked on because I was like, oh, Kingsfield. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, the aesthetic of that game is just beautiful. That's like exactly what I like. Yeah, and that also, I think, is one of the factors why Skelly is pink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would, yeah. Well, also, Dread Delusion is like one of the games I feel like everyone screenshots when they're when they're sharing around the that uh, Sauna 2000 and I think the convenience store game are the ones I see people mm. share the screenshots from the most. But the convenience store game wasn't on the demo. The one with the cat running around? No, it was the, the bowl ramen. Of ramen. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ramen one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For some reason, in my head, I thought that I read it as a convenience store. <laughs> well, technically, kind of. Is there uh, any last message you might have for the listeners to get them excited about Sauna 2000 and drive some people to look at your Kickstarter page? Well, I hope everybody likes to go to Finland so much. I, I mean, let's finish this and get to the VR goal. Because <laughs> <laughs> only 50% away at away from it and uh, I think l the simulation would be so much better on the other this does seem like it lends itself well to VR yeah oh man yeah I can't I can't handle horror in VR it's like my Achilles I haven't, heel I haven't tried it Resident Evil 7 in VR which just was so tough on me so this uh, when this episode goes up there will be two days left on this Kickstarter so this is Sauna 2000. Hopefully you can go and support it and get that VR stretch yeah. goal. Like at this point, guys, if you're not getting to that VR, you're really just punishing me because I really want to play it in VR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, don't, don't punish Lindsay, you know. That's, that's the real takeaway message right. from this entire interview. And personally, uh, I really hope we get there so I can get to do the proper VR control so I don't just have to have my ghetto edition because I really want to get to sit on top of that pier and fish for a couple of hours. <laughs> that would be oh my God. I love that, I love that I you're say. making this game because you need to be in Finland fishing <laughs> for a little bit. <laughs> I'm just saying fishing mini games are my jam. I love them. Like oh, I know. And any, any game that has fishing mini games. I think Real life fishing, not my thing, but like video game yeah. fishing, that's where I it's think at. Final Fantasy 15 has a VR fishing mode. I will say I my perfect version of the outdoors is the virtual outdoors. <laughs> so this game's right up your alley. It is. <laughs> mm. But now already, uh, while testing, I, I just put a basic VR controller in there just for testing, but it it's so lucky that I'm going with a lo-fi aesthetic, so I don't have to alter anything pretty much because it's already all lightweight and it works in VR like like that. So graphically, it's quite easy, but I just want to make the controls really good. But uh, I don't know. The first time I tried the VR controller in Sonic 2000, I was just, I got lost in there for an hour and a half just walking the forest. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> the, Super, super weird. I'm, I'm just like, yeah, this is nice. Mm. But it, it, yeah. uh, there's gonna be a pretty distinct like differentiation of uh, the happy plot and the darker plot. It's like the player really has has to go out and investigate those weird occurrences around the cottage. So, so interesting. There shouldn't shouldn't be much of a possibility of accidentally stumbling. Accidentally, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. So you're saying that like the player will have some inkling that something is off, but that doesn't mm. be off until they investigate. So you really, yeah, you really could choose to play this as just living in this. Oh my this gosh, town. I would give this to my sim. parents, and if they played video games, they'd probably just go through and be like, "Yeah, okay, what's what's up with it?" I no, just I'm just imagining <laughs> your parents trying to figure out a VR headset. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's not the point of my. <laughs> uh, um, like, still, there's this a bit of an edge that I'm worried that if somebody's like, "Hey, let's buy a sauna game for our kid," and then the kid is like <laughs> super into it, 
and then they figure it out and then they have an existential crisis for the next 20 years. <laughs> That's Personally, maybe, maybe, I love that you're thinking that far. Yeah, yeah maybe <laughs> just like put a disclaimer on the Finnish version so that like, you know, people know that this isn't just mm. like a simulation. Of I, I hope like a 60 year old man sees this somewhere on itch. I don't know why he would be on itch, but he like... <laughs> You know, yeah, finally, a game from guys like me. I just want a simple <laughs> game where I relax in a sauna and just like 2000. I'll play this just game. Just like the year 2000. I'll play this game when, when I'm I in my sauna. 50. Yeah. yeah, when I was 50, when I was 40. The good old days. But uh, I'm, I'm super excited. And now that the uh, like environment simulations are going to get to the level that I want them. Uh, I think I'm going to be throwing matches for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm super excited to see the final product. And I'm, you know, so yeah. grateful that you took time out of your day and your schedule to, uh, you know, talk with us and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Sauna 2000. We're super hyped. I can't wait for the final product. And, <laughs> Thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm and super excited. Congrats on like all you've achieved so far too. Yeah. I mean, very impressive. It, it's been a crazy half a year because, uh, pretty much trying to because it was like I at the beginning of the year I think I had like uh 200 Twitter followers, and then sauna suddenly happened on the demo disc, and then it just started skyrocket. And I was like, okay, I gotta work at this if I want to make this a thing. So then there was people just talking about, hey, maybe we should organize an E3, like this uh, uh, Nintendo Treehouse kind of, no, Nintendo Di Direct kind of thing. And they were like, okay, maybe we could do this, but I don't know if anybody got time. And I'm like, and the whole trailer as well for the demo desk, it was like, people were just going to drop the demo disc out. And I was like, hey, uh, well, I've been working in VFX for 10 years, so maybe I can just whip something out. Yeah. And then I made made the trailer in, in a week, pretty much. I didn't know until right now that you made that trailer. Yeah, that was a yeah. awesome trailer. But now that I think about it, wait, are you in the trailer? Yeah, I am in the trailer. Oh, my God, and, yes, that is you. And, <laughs> yes, okay. And, and I am Scully as well, so. Okay. Oh. Hey, kids, Sorry. you want to play some video games? That's amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Why did we ask this earlier? Amazing. <laughs> I did, you know what? Yeah. I even had that moment. I was talking to Lindsay and Sterling this, or today, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, I think this emoji is almost sorry. Because <laughs> there is a, there is a, an emoji of of the guy from the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's and me. It's, yeah, with and my frosted like tips. Colon, colon uh, Moya, and I was like, mm. sounds really familiar. That's how you know you've made it. <laughs> One day I'll have yeah. an emoji. Well. Yeah. So right before the Kickstarter began, I was, uh, I I did one music video in between, which probably is going to come out today. <gasps> oh. uh, but it, it, I made this. No, I made this three D. 3D anime music video for a customer. Oh, okay, got it. And then I made some shoots for stuff that I still have to edit now after the Kickstarter. And then I produced the E3 visuals, all of the Scully bits I acted and edited. And then that thing came out. And then in two days, I had the Kickstarter launch. I feel like <laughs> you you're need like a vacation. Self actualized right now because all of the previous professions you had have all combined for this <laughs> like, last few months. Yeah, I'm quite happy that I now have this capability that because, uh, well, publishers have tried to reach me now for making deals that for marketing and blah, blah. But I'm like, I got budget now and I can do marketing. Uh, I, I think I'm going to I'm going to go solo. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go go solo and just now I have time to do all of these things. It's not like I'm rushing in a two months, a whole production of a show and a Kickstarter as that yeah. I have a year and I'm just going to do this thing and have the marketing ready, which I'm now planning that if the pandemic blows over at any point, then I'm going to go to Finland for a couple of weeks and actually film the ads in Finland. That, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, if you have family there and it doesn't blow over, maybe you could have them do some filming too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my dad sent some clips over already a couple of weeks back. Now, has he played the game? The demo, at least. 
Mm, he was incapable of installing it, even though it's just you open a zip <laughs> and you click. But it's, <laughs> he's, he's 52, so it's understandable. <laughs> no, I get that. My, my parents are, it would be the same way. Yeah, my, my dad sent some clips where he was standing at a pier. At the, at the grandma's cottage where we used to carry water with bucket. And it was like, oh, let's so go to the end of the pier. Is, so is, is the sauna in the demo based off of your grandmother's pier or grandmother's sauna? Or is it just kind of... It's, it's kind of a very generic one. I, I didn't even... I, I think it's just the imagination of what I thought that in control, the artist sauna is going to be like because <laughs> mm. that, that that's the root of the whole thing and now it, it's been super weird that the guys from remedy have been so supportive <laughs> <laughs> remedy reached out that's cool y- yeah the lead designer of control he was congratulating on the kickstarter and oh, it's that's like, awesome uh, uh, that man was working like, uh, i'm just i just played your game <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like you were designing Halo 3 and 4. What do you congratulate me? <laughs> That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That, that, was, that must feel so good. And the guys at Remedy invited me to sauna, which if... Uh, hey? <laughs> what? Oh, they, they have a sauna. <laughs> Wait, yeah, of course. Inviting you they, to like go to a sauna with them? Yeah, once I go to Finland, they they want like ask me to go to the studio sauna because they have a stu- wow. sauna there. So they have a studio sauna. All right, guys. Of course, oh, it's okay. Finland. Finland, Finland is the coolest. <laughs> Finland, if you don't have a studio sauna, you're not up to fire code. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Two goals. We're getting a studio sauna. Yes. Um, uh, first, get a studio. Then get a studio sauna. <laughs> first, get out of a studio or, apartment. Then get a studio. <laughs> maybe get a sauna and a studio sauna, and then get a studio to attach to my studio sauna. But yeah, it, it's it's been crazy. It, like, yeah, and the mainstream media in Finland picked it up. So finally, I got a validation from most of my family and friends that I'm actually doing something in the world. Like, <laughs> oh, you on the news? I feel no. I yeah. know exactly what you mean. Where you're like, well, I already showed you the game. The game mm. is the accomplishment. And it's like, hey, here's five articles from the Japanese news media, but, but which all everybody ignored, and it's way bigger in scale. But it's right. like, when the Finnish news. <laughs> But yeah, now you've crossed the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note. That has to be what you tweet out when you finish making the game. Well, I it's mean, already on the Kickstarter that people will re- receive the game once it's finished. Perfect. <laughs> puns on puns on puns. I love it. I love it. And again, on that note, I think. Uh, Sterling's like the best note to go out on is a pun. All of our questions. <laughs> and again, just want to thank you again for your time. Yeah, and sorry to bother you. <laughs> no, I, I no, we had, um, I, you got to kind of chill out a little bit after that that Tokyo Indies presentation. Mm, yeah, def. Uh, this is much but, lower stakes public speaking, semi public. Yeah, I love fun. But it, it's been fun. Thank you a lot. Of no, course, thank we you. We are super happy that you you decided to join us for this, and uh, we're really happy to see the Kickstarter doing well. Oh yeah. I just have to put my mind to sound. But it's going to be over 35 people now for tourists, which I'm super happy about. That's going to be fun to like come up with lines for all of these people and then actually include them in the game and to be part of the plot. It's like, if they're tourists, are they going to be tourists in the game and speaking a different language? Well, it's up to them what they want to speak. Okay. Gibberish. (laughs) 
<laughs> Lizzie's going to spend a hundred dollars so she can go bitty bobbity. No, I, I, I would do a bad Chinese pun if I were on there. Guys, you know what we need to do? We need to bump up to tourists Obviously. and be like, watch player versus or listen to player versus. <laughs> we got this radio show up in the States. <laughs> They're like two, th- yeah, it's two thousand. <laughs> you can only catch it on my ham radio, but uh, it's pretty good. No, no, you know what they would do? They would hand you a demo tape. Yes. Oh, like a mixtape, and then your character just and a zine just throws it away. <laughs> <laughs> 